Oh, yeah, we'll throw in Ezekiel 38, 39 just as a topping. And it could be this, could be that. But it is really interesting when you um, get beyond the place of, of just ha- holding a body of truth and opening yourself up to in, in be, uh, experience all of the truth in the Scripture. It, it, it's expansive because it is coming to light right now. It really is. Um, I want to take a moment and pray. And then we're just going to do two more, and then we're out of here. And I want to talk about Revelation. And do you have the air conditioning on? All right. It's got warm in here, so is it fiery? Father, I thank you so much for uh, the fact that you are in overwhelming us with truths, and we aren't going to be able to process all of it, but you are still have some things you want to hear, or we are supposed to hear. I want to hear what you're about to do. I want to hear what you want to say, and I want to be responding to what you're saying. And so we just ask you for a fresh anointing of the Spirit for this last hour, and that we would just come alive into the work that you're doing and the words you're giving. And we thank you for this, uh, this day. Thank you for all the resources that we will be able to ourselves go and study out and take our time. I ask for the grace that I was received when I took these... Uh, teachings and just started mulling on them, not trying to prove them, not trying to disprove them, just trying to sit with you in the midst of them and begin to step close and stare or step back and look afar and to you begin to just speak into my spirit, words of comfort, words of clarity that just began to bring me to another level of my own trust and reliance upon you. So I believe you to do that for each of us as we touch on the book of Revelation, the Antichrist. Then we will um, go out with joy. We will be led forth with peace. The mountains, the hills will break forth with singing. The trees of the field are going to clap their hands because we are coming into agreement with your word and to the maturity of your church, to what you want to bring forth in the earth as the earth is crying out for you to be seen in us. So thank you for that. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I love the book of Revelation. I've loved it for a long time. Like I said before, I didn't really like it to try to figure out what was happening next and who was this and who was that. But I was uh, born in such, like the pre-trib I was, then I went to mid-trib, then I went to uh, pre-wrath trib, and by the time I got there, I just kind of forgot about it. You know, just, you just kind of lost that sense of your, your wedding date got moved so many times you weren't sure whether you're going to get married or not. You know, it's like take care of myself here, agree with God, and then you start turning toward the planet more than toward the heaven. But um, what I did find, and it, I still think it's very true, is Revelation is like a book of worship. You can, you can approach Revelation through a lot of different lens. And like Ken was bringing up, Revelation 12 speaks to Israel and to, the, and to Christ being born, and to the, but it also speaks to the travail of the church to bring a matured son forward. Uh, so there's always multiple applications, I think, because all scripture is profitable. It's, it's effective. It gives you, you know, but, it, but then there's those moments where God says, let's go back to the point of origin, to whom I spoke to, and now let's complete it for the one the word I gave it to you. So I have, in Revelation, you have the Lord speaking to the church through uh, God gives Jesus 
Picture this. God gives Jesus a revelation that Jesus gives his angel to tell John. So it's a very, uh, there is an intentionality about the way God communicates. And so he shows Jesus what's to come, and he comes and he reveals himself to John. The first chapter is Jesus revealing himself to John. There is a really excellent overview of Revelation that you can refer to in your, in your packet. Don't, don't look at it today. I mean, right now. Then there's the seven letters, you know, seven letters of the seven churches, which I love reading that because it affects me. I, I, let, it, I let me be each of those churches say, do I, how do I relate to that? What, how, what is the message to me there? And I want the reward by the repentance that I want to follow into. I want to have ears that hear, eyes to see. I want to be able to hear what the Spirit's saying. I want to be that overcomer. And like I said on Sunday... I was so encouraged because for a while I said, well, what does an overcomer look like? Because you said, if I overcome like you overcame, then I can sit with you on your throne like you sit with the Father. And so for a while I was really kind of just didn't till I hit, didn't know what that meant till I saw again in Hebrew, uh, Hebrews 12, 2, that Jesus said, you know, it, we look to Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So all of a sudden I saw, oh, there's the overcomer, the one who can endure the cross, the one who doesn't jump ship, the one who just stays in the place that they find themselves in, in, in the Father's embrace. And recently, in Hebrews 5, I was rewarded with that position of heart because I saw in Hebrews 5 that uh, Jesus, as he's now being recognized and called forth as the Son and the High Priest, it talks about his earth walk, that in the days of his flesh, he endured a great suffering, a great contradiction. He, uh, he had, you know, travail, he had prayer, and he was heard because of his godly fear. And he was praying in the Garden of Gethsemane, the, the apex of his life, earth life, those three hours in the Gethsemane. And he was praying to him who was able to save him from death. Now, for the longest time, I would take the word from and go, well, well that makes sense. I, 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 you know, it was just like he said, Father, if it be your will, let me let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, let it be your, uh, your will be done. So I'm kind of thinking he's kind of in a bargaining prayer. And there, it certainly was his soul because his soul is like our soul. He has the same kind of soul as you and I have, out of the blood, caught, connected to the earth. He now has a spirit soul because he's a life-giving spirit. He's flesh and bones. There's no blood. It's a new creation. So, but the dynamic of him in travail, just as we are, it says from is not the right word. It literally means out of death. So his prayer processing um, and petitioning was, say, Lord, Father, I am committing myself and laying hold of the faith that I believe that you will deliver me out of death. Not from it, but I will go to the death for it's your will, but I'll come out of it. I'll be born out of it. I'll be brought forth out of it. And I think that is the picture of the overcomer. I'll go through whatever I'm going to go through because I know the end. It's like the maturity of Abraham's faith. The maturity of his faith is when he's asked to offer Isaac. And he's offered to be a burnt offering. And he doesn't go, oh, God must not have the plan of 
of my life anymore, and he's changed his mind. He just said, well, if that's the next step, that must mean out of the ashes, Isaac will rise. And there, that faith is what unlocked the oath that opened the door for God to say to Abraham, because you did this, out of your seed, your seed, not many seeds, seed being Christ, Galatians 3, I will bring forth my son. So, so the overcomer and the posture we take is a position of I'm not getting out of where I am to avoid what's coming. I'm getting into Christ, and I'm going to go through it. And, and God's going to birth me out of it. And I'm not going to be, uh, I'm going to just find that place. So that's why I, we are, like Kathy's saying, get ourselves centered and just continue to uh, prepare ourselves for uh, the, the, out, the outworking of God in whatever situation we're in. So then chapter 4, you know, it's kind of funny because in chapter 3 at the end it says, uh, I'm standing at the door, I'm knocking. If you hear my voice, open, open your door. I'll come in and sup with you, dine with you, and then you're the overcomer. You'll sit with me. And I think that's that posture. It's been my prayer for now two years. Lord, I want to humble myself so I can hear your voice. I want to soften my heart so I can hear your voice. I want to be able to respond to your voice because faith is not something that kind of starts for a week and then next week's faith shows up and then next year's faith shows up. Faith is in Christ and what God accomplished in his son. And once we've accepted Christ and what God accomplished in his son, then everything that God's going to do from that point on is through Jesus, in Jesus, and because of Jesus. So we learn not to try to stop every time and go, well, can God do this? You, you start going, well, we just have to go forward. This is where we're headed. So once he opens his heart, they commune, they're overcomers. The next words in Revelation are chapter 4, verse 1. After these things, I looked, behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice, which was Jesus' voice, which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, come up here, and I'll show you things which must take place after this. Now, one of the things that have helped me in the book of Revelation of most recent is that this is the last point where the church is seen on the earth as far as the active vision. John's up. Now we see the throne room. We see the creation of the, the living, living beast, the worship. Then we see the lamb in the midst of the throne. And we see a scroll that needs to be opened that has seven seals, and there's no one worthy in heaven, on earth, or under the earth to lose the seals. And, and John is, you know, heartbroken, weeping, and then the angel says, don't weep because the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed to open the seals. So then we get this worship sessions that just, just explode about the redemption and all that he's accomplished and all that he's worthy of receiving, which in, the, in a few minutes... I don't want to miss this because I think God really said this to uh, Rosie when she, we were, had our staff meeting. We're going to receive an offering because we, we're going to keep shifting our trust from earth to heaven. And, I, and we don't, I, I typically avoid anything when I do a conference. I try to keep it. But I just felt like Rosie said it. I'm going to do it. Okay? And I think it's going to be an anoint. There's, there's an opportunity of breaking uh, the limitations of fear and the unsettledness about the future. See, what's happening in the earth today is going to make us do one or two things. It's going to make us try to con control or trust. And it's going to, it, 
And the whole Bible just talks about, you know, I'm in Psalm 46 right now. It says, you know, though the, though the earth be removed, I won't be afraid. Though, though the mountains are thrown into the sea, in spite of this, I won't be afraid. And I'm going, well, that, I think that's not just a, you, you know, imagery. I think that's possibly the, the capacity of a covenant man who knows that God's care for him. Like David, though a thousand camp outside my door, in spite of, I won't be afraid. What if we are going to start acting in that kind of level of trust and confidence? Those who trust the Lord, they'll be taken care of in famine. They will be delivered in war. So there's this shift, and I believe God wants to do that. When Rosie said, I thought, nah, but then I felt like the Lord said, you, that, that is a breaker offering. doesn't mean it's going to completely set my mindset free because... I don't know about you, but my mind's caught in my soul. My soul can be like, oh, I'm all happy, and then, oh, I'm all afraid, and then I'm all mad. But you position yourself, and you set yourself in agreement. So we'll do that at the end. But when from Revelation 4, I guess, if you were, John's going up, we don't hear the church mentioned. The word church is not revealed. The elect, the saints. So what I've come to settle more into, though I will use the chapters of Revelation to, to empower my faith and to give me direction on how to live because I think all scripture is always doing that. I do believe that why Revelation is so poignant is that it is God's return, now enter, finishing covenant with Israel and bringing Israel back into repentance. And uh, that uh, Hosea 5.11 is a, or 15 is a really powerful because then it goes to Hosea 6, 1 through 3, which talks about, let's return to him. Let's return to him. And so that Israel, I mean, Israel really is going to say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And, and, uh, and all of that what looks like impossible now is going to be complete, utter accept, acceptance. So you don't see the church again until, the, until Acts, uh, Revelation 19. And it is a horrific season because you go, like I said, two billion are lost at the, at the fourth seal. Another two billion are lost at the sixth trumpet. Half of the world's population is, is taken out in just two of these events. Plus you see uh, a, a persecution. You see this, you know, this control of your, all of your thoughts and emotions and that digitized currencies and all that. Those things could happen anytime. The technology, you know, when we were first about the revelation and left behind and I wish we'd all be ready, you know, the thing that freaked me out was I was working in a grocery store and they got those Q scanners. Remember that? And I thought, oh, dear God, we're here. <laughs> but really, we're so far from being there. But now we're not. We're, we're just as close now the possibility of the technology and all of that. So you go through the seven seals. You, you have a moment, a prelude. You have a time of the... the 144,000 Jews that are set up to be evangelists. So they're, we're going, the church is just not the current workering. It's out of the tribe of Israel. It's, uh, then you go into the trumpets, and there is a continuation of recognizing two witnesses, uh, the, the kingdoms of the earth becoming. So like Revelation 12, I won't stop you there because we'll do that tomorrow morning. But what happens then, I believe, is that Revelation becomes a book of redemption, 
a redemption for Israel, a full redemption for Israel into covenant. And we will come back in chapter 19 with the Lord on the horses. There will be an annihilation of the armies gathered, but there'll be many left living on the planet. They'll begin a commerce. They'll begin the rule of Christ. There will begin a, a flourishing. The, the lion will live, lay down with the lamb. The little child will play with the cobra. The, all of the evil and possibilities of evil will have been subdued. And for a thousand years, the earth will be run by Jesus Christ. He will rule it with a rod of iron. And those of us who have been overcomers, who have been given that position, some of us will be ruling with him, with rods of iron. It really will be uh, a very powerful time where every, God has his way in every way. Like the Garden of Eden was before evil entered in, but this time it's enforced and Jesus is the one keeping the garden. He's keeping the planet. And I'm so excited about that because that means that we are in a position for the church to be uh, finished. You know what I mean? Like a, a marriage. Like there becomes, I've completed, I've got my bride, I've got my, I brought my body, body together, I'm, I'm calling you up, come be with me, come away. And we watch this from, uh, from afar while the Lord works out the details of the covenant he's made with Israel that he promised he would deal with, Jesus said, you won't see me until you say these words, and I will be coming, and my coming is to rescue you and call you forward. And yes, there's a lot of struggles, but they're not the struggles that I have to navigate. So I found that I'm not as arrogant thinking, oh, I'm going to be the one in charge of all these things, and I need to be. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. You know what I mean? That Jesus is, it's like, it's like a twofold thing. I, the reason the souls are becoming the most important is that there are multitudes that are in the valley of decision that have turned away from the Lord that need to return to the Lord. Us doing this returning has not been something we devised or something we are acquiring. We've, we're seeing prodigals return and people coming back into the kingdom. But we're not, we're not in any way the kind of harvest that could be. And yet the falling away is increasing. The apostasy is increasing. The things that men are believing about themselves and about what they can do and the need of God, the no need of God. The science has become the God of the world. You know, it's, we can see it increasing. So I believe this intercession to unlock hearts to return to Jesus is is kind of like going to really increase. And the burden, and that's what Paul said when he went into deep intercession. He said, I'm, I'm back into a travail for Christ to be formed in you. And I'm doing it for me. I'm saying, Jesus, I read the Gospels. I'm in the fourth, fourth time through the Gospels since we did them before Easter. Just so I can be challenged every time I read it to say, there was a man in obedience to God the Father, to which I'm to follow the same example to be in obedience to Jesus Christ. And he, had kept, he sustained it by submission in the word. He spent, stayed, sustained it by being uh, diligent in prayer. And he never did anything but what he saw the Father doing, and yet he was learning that obedience. I shared with you. He was learning obedience off of the things he was going through, even though he knew that what God's intent was that he was going to take him out of the death, not away from the death. He was going to let him be born out of that crisis into resurrection life. 
And so rather than running from what I would avoid, I'm starting to try to say, Lord, I don't know how to go forward except that you be the one to carry me into the future. And for me, have ultimate confidence. It's not about me. It's all about you. You perform your promise. You're the one who starts this. You're going to complete it. And it's become a great expectancy of completion and then a great recognition of I'm not the, we're not the, the church is not the forefront of revelation. Israel is because Israel is a nation that must be saved according to Romans 9 and 11. All Israel will be saved. At the end of our time, they get all saved. And that brings, that brings the total restoration of the world. So we're, we're in a moment that, for one, I'm going, oh, praise God. I've been, I've been stressing over how to make it through this whole thing and, you know, control it from not happening. Because that's what happened when I got into the pre-wrath idea. Well, I'm going to avoid the wrath because I'm an avoider of death. Versus, well, wait a minute. I'm, we just have to, I want to just do my part. And I want to be dependent upon Jesus. And once Jesus has got me fully and got all of us, then I want to go with you in the fullness of what you have ordained for me. I'm not the savior of Israel. I'm not this, I'm, I'm, your, I'm the saved. Does that make sense? And there's a, there's, a, there's a real peace that comes with that because then you can go, whoa, look at what's happening. Because John has is, John is now shown the new Jerusalem, and we've talked about that, and it's the bride, and then the bride is, is, doesn't need a temple in it, and it doesn't need a sun, it doesn't need the stars, it doesn't need the moon, because the glory of the Lord is his light, and Jesus is the candle, he's the lampstand, so he's not just illuminating, so what's happened for me, and, and it, it changes my prayers today, because I am, I'm still been given decrees, I still decreed Psalm 2, Declare Psalm 2, Psalm 110, Psalm 45, and this of recent Psalm 46. And I'm, I just, I speak them out into the earth. I speak them to nations. I say, I declare this is the word of the Lord. Hear the word of the Lord. But I don't worry over the outcome of them. I worship the one who's bringing the outcome. And it's giving me a lot of freedom. I'm not managing, you know, there's some of, you know, in this room, like, Jamie will be given an assignment to pray over this to that to that and bring it to there. That's, that's definitely happening because she's got the freedom to, to trust the Lord in the bigger picture but go after the specific. Can you imagine when a billion believers are intense worship and prayer on God's assignments without trying to save their life? We're not thinking about, you know, what do I do to get out of where I am? But we're just going, here we go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go forward. Let's go forward. Let's just let the, the scriptures are coming alive. We're, we're letting go of whatever we're holding on to. I believe that when by the time we're, you know, but in t- chapter 21, there's still nations that are still bringing offerings. There's still doors that are opening, letting people come in. Chapter 22 even speaks of where we are and who can be involved and who can't be. So this Creation, this new creation even, will, will continue to move with humanity as well as the bride and, and the nations that are saved. Now, when we used to say it was the church, you would think, well, no, we're the church. We're all born again, so we have to all be equal. We can't have this level of intimacy, this level of access, this level. Well, when you realize it's not the church, it's the nations, it's Israel, it's, it's the people that are pop- populate. 
It's a millennial. It's, there's very much a possibility that during the millennial, every nation will have to send representation to worship at the Feast of Tabernacles. I mean, the flight arrangements will be crazy. But everyone will have to. And if you don't, you won't get rain. That, that's the kind of what a rod of iron rule looks like. You know, be, oops, that we, because this is going to be a very strong Lord in a very just and perfect way of ruling and opening the door for, for great prosperity of life for everyone. And yet we are going to have a place that was ours, right? How many, you know, we don't get married and then acquire wives as we go on? This is a relationship we were given. It's a, we are given the greatest time, I think, in the history of the world to be born and then to be born again into. I think we were the greatest. Uh, this God who gave himself, the God the Son who became Son of Man, who then gave himself under the obedience of the Father to be the sacrifice for sin for all time, to be raised from the dead, so in his resurrection I was raised, to be, to be uh, seated at the right hand of God so that I can sit with him, so I can learn who he is. It doesn't make the high priestly ministry of Jesus boring to me. It's like, this is the guy I'm going to, this is who we're going to walk with. And I can see what the reigning is, learning his language and learning his, his position and accepting what he's done and s submission. See, what I'm, what's giving me the grace is I'm submitting. I am not ruling by bossing things around. I'm ruling by submitting to the one who's the boss of everything. Amen. And it's really powerful. Because I'll be in the worst situation. God says, say it this way. And I say what he says, and it begins to go that way. Or I can be in a really great place, and he says, say it that way. And I can say it that way, and it goes into a bad place. But it isn't the place anymore. It's the one. It's the one who's speaking. And you're, you know, so it's, there's a great grace that's coming upon the church. So Kathy will come up in a moment, and we're going to hit the Antichrist. Because that's major. That's the beast. That's the prophet. That's this whole movement and yet we're learning to just rest and trust and rely upon the Lord fully and allow him to be sufficient all completely and to save souls to to tell to tell everybody hey there's an opportunity to get married to the king of kings there's a salvation that's available you don't want to miss it and I do believe that's what happened in the 70s. There became a great harvest of people that came out of darkness or came alive or out of religion or came out of the, what they fell back and fell out of and fell, came into Christ again. And I do believe we're, we're right there. So what I want to do, and then we will... Um, well, let's, any questions? Let's take a moment for questions because I'm, I'm going to start this a couple minutes early. Yeah. Come on up, Larry. You guys are doing so good. We just got a little longer. Stay with me. Close to the mic. One of the most exciting things in Revelation is uh, 14, 14. Yeah. Then I looked and behold white cloud and the cloud sat one like the son of man having on his head a golden crown and mm. his hand a sharp sickle and another angel 
came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And so he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. And it goes on. But I, I don't know, what does that fit in with everything that's being said? Well, I think um, that's a great question. I think it's coming to the conclusion of those who are becoming in, coming into faith after the rapture that are coming alive, Israel that's coming into agreement, recognizing their Messiah, wickedness that's becoming worse. It's the Matthew about the wheat and the tares that have grown up to maturity. Uh -huh. And now God is saying we're going to deal with it, Separating. and we're going to separate it, and we're going right. to judge one and bring another one in. Because right. there's multitudes of people coming into the kingdom because, I mean, just think, all of us disappear tonight. May it be, Jesus. Yeah, you've got something for, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? They're, all of our all of our associates are going to know. Yeah, I'm praying that that's very soon. Yeah. And, and I'm waiting for him to um, mature the church, if that's the right word, to anoint the church. Yeah. Well, we can be part of this, this great harvest. Yeah, may it be, yeah. And yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what excites me. That's good. In this day and age. Thank you, thank you. All right. Yes, you make, make certainly. That's really good. I, I, I like that. I want to make a comment about it. The wheat and the tares. Uh, there's a full teaching on that. But the, the tares, remember, are the weeds. They're the wicked ones. And the wheat and the ripe wheat are the, the righteous ones. And the, the angels are instructed at this, at this time to, it's the time, it's remember Jesus said, let them grow up together. Yeah, you know, and then but this is the time where he says, okay, now the wicked will be separated out, and they are going to be harvested and thrown into the lake of fire, and the righteous tares will be the ones that will be allowed to move forward. That's that's the that's how mm -hmm. I've researched it and and seen it. So does that help? Well, yeah. I it might that's... answer her question from the tares over yeah. over here. Oh, you're yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. Any other questions? Oh, we're going to comment. We return to the next question. I was, uh, I was thinking of that. You know, the harvest, when we talk about harvest, don't we talk about like um, burning the fruit, the fruition of something like being, had been planted? So to me, that was a harvest, like, you know, like a good harvest. Because nobody harvests weeds, right? I mean, then it will be demolition. demolition what yeah. do they call yeah. that? Then yeah. wouldn't be a harvest. Like if I don't have anything good here, I wouldn't harvest anything. So that's why, to me, I like that's a harvest, like a harvest of all the righteous yeah. seeds gathering together. So that's why, to me, like um, that will be the um, uptaking of everybody, all of us. Um, yeah. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. But I hear. Good. 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 Listen. It's, yeah. The righteous are loved and the tares are removed. It's the opposite of the righteous at the same time. Anyway. Yeah, that's true. Tares are dealt with at that point. The tares are dealt with. The rapture doesn't, rec doesn't do the separation except pulling the, 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 the church into, the, into, into Christ's embrace, into the honeymoon. Yeah, go ahead, Ken. So uh, we have the time of the age of the Gentiles of the church, and then you have uh, the time of 
Jewish nation. Millennial reign. What yeah. does salvation look like during that time? Is there a need for it? Is it? I would think so. Yeah, because it doesn't say people aren't going to be having babies. Yeah. And, and Satan is going to have the capacity to lead people back into death and rebellion. Yeah. Where so, we won't. But you have Christ living and reigning in, yeah. in Jerusalem. Yeah. And the nations having to honor him. Yes. So, and ruling everybody with a rod of iron. Yeah. So where is the great, you know, I'm just trying you, to, That's why you need the devil to be released again. Yeah. He's I'm the only one who knows how to get to all of us. Because we have like a Garden of Eden type situation, yeah. salvation, yeah. however. It's perfect. We have been made in the fullness of maturity, new creation, like Christ, to be with him forever. So we're not going to be tempted again. Hallelujah. I've been tempted long enough. Yeah, or, but here's the deal. New, I heard a story once about a place called the Garden of Eden that you got to, you had Adam and you had Eve and you had everything you ever needed. And you were told one simple rule, don't touch this, guard that. And all it took was a, 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 just this, this fascinating being. And when he's released, he'll come, he'll come back in full swing full capacity to deceive and so yeah it will and then that will be finalized you know whether so it's crazy isn't it but we're in on the church we're not going to be those having to live through a thousand years and be told about there's a devil then be forgetting there ever was and then wondering who's this person that we're not allowed to see anymore and hearing the stories of how wonderful this one was so maybe we could one day go back and then he starts to show up and all of a sudden the hearts of men are taken out of, the, out of submission to God because we have, we have the Son inside us. We have learned to submit to him completely. He is... We're made into his likeness. We're being transformed from glory to glory. That's what makes this story so perfect. I wouldn't want to be, I, I don't want to be outside the church. That we're, the, we're the bride. Listen, I love all of you, but I take better care of Cammie than you. Just because she's my wife. She can do anything. Can I continue with Tim's Oh, no, you can't. Tim's Did comment? I ever give you permission to get? No. I look at the timer. I've got time. Yeah, go. Okay, you are have... you ready? Um, during the millennium, the mortals are reproducing and repopulating the earth. They have to receive Jesus Christ. He's ruling and reigning with a rod of iron. They have to receive him the same way we did. And so after a thousand years, imagine there's going to be some rebels. Now, I don't want to listen to him. Da, da, da. That's who Satan is going to harvest near the end yeah. and the rebellion. So, yeah. so at the beginning, it's going to be nicey, nicey, nicey. But after a thousand years, there's going to be those who don't want to yeah. Yeah. obey. Perfect. It's still fallen nature of man yeah. because yeah. we still have to yeah. receive Jesus. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't change. Yeah. Yeah. Does that help you, Tim? Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank you, Jan. I, bossy wedding planner. Come on in. Yes, please. Yeah, I know. I know. You'll be right there. Hi. Just, um, so, Pastor Steve, when you keep talking about the church is in Revelation 2, but I think you said around Revelation 4, and then it's not there to like, Revelation 19. What, how, how do you know that in, in reading Revelation? Like, what does it say? Where does it say? Like, the church. It doesn't use the word church after how, that. So how do you identify that? Like, well, I have come. I, it's absent. It's not being spoken to. It's, you know, the saints, the elect, 
if the rapture has occurred and there are people coming into the kingdom faith and it's now God dealing directly with Israel you have the 144 evangelists are all Israeli they're all Jews they have the two witnesses they're in Jerusalem dealing toward the whole temple worship temple recreation uh, the Antichrist is making a covenant with Israel, not with the church. Uh, there is a, temp a temple being rebuilt, and he exalts himself and takes the place, which is the abomination of the desolate, which was what Daniel was told about Israel's future. It was not about the church's future. So the church is an, an anomaly. And there wasn't, in other words, the born-again beautiful bride is a gift that God brought forth through his son, and once that time is fulfilled, then we are, there's a summation, there's a consummation. Whether it's the last person saved or the last saved person matured. Last bit of oil in the vessel, and God says, now, son, so go get Revelation it. Revelation 3 talks, about the talks to the churches, yeah. and then there's nothing about talking to or dealing with the churches yeah. to Revelation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Debbie. She did it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 